Good morning, you all. I know we are all carrying Pastor Thomas and his wife Beth and Miriam and Hannah in our hearts as we continue to worship together this morning on this Palm Sunday morning. Today is the first day of Holy Week called Palm Sunday, which you likely uh, already know, or perhaps that has been a part of the service before this moment. Palm Sunday marks the arrival of Christ into Jerusalem with loud shouts of praise. This story is found in all four Gospels in the New Testament. We also remain in the season of Lent. Just as we carefully prepare for major events in our lives, such as a graduation or a wedding, Lent invites us to make our hearts ready for remembering Jesus' sacrifice and to celebrate his resurrection. Jesus' public entrance into Jerusalem, it is not about getting noticed. It is all about mission and love. I think there's a great temptation for those of us who live on the other side of that first Holy Week, which is to rush to the end of the story because we know that everything is going to turn out okay, what we miss out on when we rush past the cross of Christ. With the gift of hindsight, we sometimes see more clearly God carrying out his will and how we are part of a much bigger story. However, at this moment, the crowd who we will soon hear about as we listen to scripture together in a moment, they have no idea where it will all end. They have no idea that they are now part of a divine drama as they welcome the one who in just five days, while some look on at the foot of a Roman cross, will eventually break the hearts of those who love him and save their souls as well as the soul of the whole world. All they know right now is that somehow they need saving. Let's turn our attention now to this morning's scripture, Matthew 21, the first 11 verses. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them. And he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what has been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. 
Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts, may it all be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, King Jesus and everlasting Lord, speak to us of your mission and your love, we pray. Amen. It's Passover. The, vi- the biggest festival of the year when the Jewish people celebrate God delivering God's people from slavery. It's quite a festive atmosphere when Jesus and his ragtag entourage arrive to the city of his destination. The Hebrew people gather to celebrate being led out of cel- uh, slavery in Egypt and they are ready to be delivered again. This time from Rome for they are living under a brutal military dictatorship. It is not uncommon at this time for crucifixions to take place for what we would consider to be pretty minor offenses. Imagine living in that world. They're ready for a deliverer and they have clear expectations about what a Messiah King ought to do. We find a lot of symbolism in this story. Unlike other pilgrims, Jesus rides, suggesting his royalty, but instead of entering on a stallion or in a chariot, Jesus enters the city on a baby donkey, fit for a child or a hobbit. And unlike plundering kings, Jesus will return the animal after he is finished with it. The donkey says a lot. Donkeys are common, stubborn, lowly, unimposing animals and the work animal of the poor. Jesus publicly announces his messiahship, yet by choosing the donkey, he demonstrates his humble messiahship. If anyone asks, why are you doing this? Jesus instructs the two to tell them the Lord needs it. The use of the Lord suggests deity. The fact that the Lord needs anything suggests Jesus' humanity. Here we see the two key truths about Jesus, his true deity, his true divinity, and his true humanity. Matthew must think that we are hard of hearing. Because this is the 12th time in his gospel when he basically says the same thing. This took place to fulfill what has been spoken through the prophet. And it won't be the last time that he says it. Like a broken record or a child who keeps asking, are we there yet? Matthew makes a point that he does not want us to forget. That the events surrounding Jesus are the fulfillment of earlier prophecy and therefore the will of God. Yet in spite of this being the fulfillment of prophecy, the crowd hardly understands the significance of Jesus' humble entry into the capital. It's important for us to pay attention and to notice Jesus' willingness in this story. Jerusalem meant one thing for him, certain death. But Jesus approaches the city knowing exactly what he is riding into. He was not accidentally caught up in some sort of web of injustice. He knows what is ahead. 
And he knows the excruciating pain of what will be ahead. Yet he willingly enters it, even directing the sequence of events that will lead to his death because of his enormous love for us. People spread garments on the road before him, a gesture of great respect and appropriate for people like kings or admired prophets. The waving of green branches was an action typical of pilgrims as they arrived to the city. They shout Hosanna, which literally means save now or save please. They proclaim the hope of Psalm 118, the last of the praise psalms sung by pilgrims approaching the temple. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, where blessing is given to the king who comes. It's a cry for help and also a shout of hope and delight. The crowd is full of hope. Hope for a future that will be different from the past. Yet they miss where the symbols break apart, like Jesus riding on a donkey instead of a horse. That's Palm Sunday. Jesus rode upon a donkey and entered the city of Jerusalem. He was welcomed with loud praises. The stage is now set for the divine drama to play out, and it must play out. At the center of the drama is Jesus, fully human and fully God, riding on a donkey on the way to his own death. Your king is coming to you, just not in the way that you expect it, which is a key point of Palm Sunday. Jesus' mission is not what the people expect, and frankly, not really what the people want. Hope rides into town in a surprising way. As the crowd is confronted with the reality that God's ways are not our ways. How do we respond to that? It's important that we sit in that. For the same is true for us. God's mission to restore brokenness in every one of us, it comes in a way we do not expect. Jesus was simply not what the people expected. Their understanding of Jesus' kingship is flawed. He is a different kind of king. He just recently shared with the sons of Zebedee, that whoever wishes to be great must be your servant, just as the son of Man came to serve, not to be served. The irony was that the king, who really was the promised Messiah, that he comes to Jerusalem. But not as a warrior. Instead, he is a humble servant. Indeed, as a servant who came to die. Jesus is king and he will have victory, but it will be a very different victory in a radically different kingdom than what is expected. Palm Sunday confronts us with some of the most difficult parts of our faith. God's ways are not our ways. The crowd longed for the Messiah, longed for the Messiah to deliver them from their suffering 
and from the oppressive rule of the Romans, that is what they hoped for. What do we hope for? What do you hope for? What is the one true desire of your heart, the one thing that you long for God to take care of and change? The hope that you hold for a future that will be different from the past, we all have those places. And then what do you do when God comes to you in ways that do not match your expectations? Maybe he hasn't shown his power in a way that you have longed for. Maybe he hasn't provided. Maybe he has not healed. Perhaps you do not understand why you are the one who has to bear a particular burden. Maybe you don't understand why someone you love is going through a difficult trial. That's the rub of Palm Sunday. The Jesus we hope for and the Jesus we get, they are not always in alignment. What do we do with that? Perhaps it drives us back to the question the city asks, who is this? It's a question Matthew wants everyone to ask. It is the question. Who is this man? Who is this Jesus? What has he done? What is he doing? What does he promise to do? What does Jesus mean for me and for the whole world? Can I trust him? Will I follow him? The work of God, it is often hidden and imperceptible, difficult to see. It's easiest to see almost always with the benefit of hindsight. We are more able to discern the hand of God at work more clearly, most clearly when we look back, able to see the meaning for circumstances and events that baffle us in the present. Friends, even though it might not make sense for years or centuries or until the last day of history what God's good purpose was, God is doing a progressive hidden work of God and nothing can prevent his plan. 2011, a film was released, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. About seven senior Brits who retire to a hotel for the elderly and beautiful in India. When they arrive, the promised paradise feels more like exile in a foreign land. The hotel most definitely does not live up to their expectations. But the young hotel manager, Sonny, he says repeatedly to them, it will be all right in the end. So if it isn't all right, it is not yet the end. <laughs> Things will work out in the end. Life is difficult in the middle. And this is where we find ourselves. In this time of life in the middle, where there are hard times, personal crises, the death of dreams, the death of loved ones. 
national chaos, cities in turmoil, including our city that has had recent turmoil, disappointments, evil, failures. I think what God says to us this morning is to take heart, to take heart. For God's ways are not our ways, and it is not yet the end. There's a hidden and continuous work of God occurring within our families and within communities, all for God's glory and purpose. Sometimes God's work can clearly be seen, but ultimately we live by faith, trusting every day in the work and care of God. For biblical faith is not having confidence in particular outcomes. It is having confidence in a sovereign God. God is moving in history, active in our world, and active in our lives. It is this confidence that causes hope to spring eternal in us. Trust him. Friends, many of us are going to be tempted to celebrate Palm Sunday today and then jump right to Easter Sunday with all the trumpets and the grand celebration of of an empty tomb and a resurrected Jesus and we're going to miss all of the suffering in between and perhaps get the false idea that following Jesus means that we move from one celebration to the next celebration that we move from strength to strength that is not the Jesus way We will not realize the true power and glory of the resurrection if we jump from Palm Sunday to Easter. This week calls for reflection. It begs for reflection. To reflect upon the depth of Jesus' love and willingness to suffer and to die for all creation, I hope you won't miss the opportunity. Let's walk with Jesus Let's see how Jesus spent his final days. Let's see what mattered most to God. We know how the drama concludes in seven days. And it will not be possible for us to to fully grasp the extent of God's enormous sacrifice and love for us. But friends, let us look on in wonder. As in love, Jesus comes to the city and goes to the cross. Your faith will deepen this week if you enter into the passion of Christ. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for this witness of love. May love so sacrificial and extravagant change our lives. Be with us now as we follow in joy and in sorrow the way of the cross in the footsteps of Jesus the Savior. We are forever grateful. May our very living and our worship demonstrate, convey to you our gratitude. This we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.